Okay, now this next story is something different. It's a story about Cricket Cracker, um, our uh, largest shire horse at the Northcote Heavy Horse Centre. Now the story is written by Elizabeth, Elizabeth Barathy, who's the lady who actually bred Cracker, and it's called The First Four Years. Uh, Cracker was foaled on the 30th of May 1988. His sire, that's his dad, was Grangewood Royal Sovereign, and his dam, that's his mother, was Hanningfield My Lady. So Crack Elizabeth goes on to say this. Cracker was born at the Heavy Horse Centre at Cricket St Thomas Wildlife Park in Somerset in the early hours of the 30th of May 1988. I'd been close by for nearly a week in case the mare would need help when she started to foal. Lady had previously had two foals before Cracker. Both had been good-sized foals and he was a very big foal. After his birth he lay in the straw for a while then struggled to his feet. When he finally stood up I said out loud what a Cracker of a foal and that's how he came to be called Cracker. One of the first instincts a foal has is to find the udder, so that first important drink of milk. Cracker had a problem. He was too tall. He couldn't work out how to get his head low enough to point his mouth upwards to the, lud to the udder. He staggered around his mum looking everywhere along her body. It was obvious that he needed help and some guidance. Trying to get a big wobbling foal to keep still long enough to direct his head up under the mare towards the udder is no mean feat. An assistant held on to his rear end and steadied him while I pushed his head down and under the mare with the other hand. I guided his mouth up to the udder until, after a while, he started to suck and drink his first milk. Because his legs are so long, he had to learn to spread his front legs and bend his neck to be able to drink from his mum. If you ever see a giraffe eating from ground level or from low bushes, then that gives you some idea of what a cracker looked like. The first few weeks, Cracker's days were spent out in the field with his mum, and he could be seen by the visitors, but was not in reach for anyone to touch him. At night, he'd be brought into the stable with his mum. Each morning before he was taken out to the field, I'd spend a little time with him touching and stroking him all over and putting on a head collar and, and getting him to walk around the stable with me, leading him. Then, when he was happy to be led with no fuss, he was then led to and from the field alongside his mum. I also started picking up his feet at this time. I would pull away any straw or dirt from his feet and gently tap his feet with my hand at first and then with a small grooming brush. This helps for when the farrier has to come to trim and shoe him. I am a great believer in what foals learn from an early age without a lot of fuss and it stays with them for later on when it's time to be broken in for work. The day he was born was a bank holiday Monday and we'd been busy that weekend. There'd been a heavy horse show on the Sunday, and that day there was a that day there'd been a steam engine rally. During the day, word soon got around there'd been a foal born that morning, although he could be seen 
no one could get close to him. One of the nice things about a heavy horse centre where there are visitors is that when a foal is born people are able to come back at different times and see for themselves how much the foal has grown and watch their development. One of the other mares foaled three weeks later. This foal was, this foal was called Druid as he'd been born, born on the summer solstice. As soon as Druid was strong enough, both mares and foals were turned out in a field together. It's much nicer if there are two foals who can play together. I've spent some time just watching foals chase one another and playing f fight, just like a couple of kids playing and messing about. The time came for the foals to be weaned from their mares and both were eating hay and hard feed. They were by now very independent. <clears throat> When weaning foals, I had a stable that was big enough for two foals to share, and this enabled them to have each other's company, but not feel completely on their own. This, I feel, is the first big lesson that any foal has to learn, being separated from his mother. The less stress and trauma, the better. Both foals were now being led separately. As they were led into the stable, the mares were led straight back out into the yard and away far enough not to hear their foals calling. Both mares had done this before and probably were secretly glad not to have the kids hassling for drinks from time to time. Cracker and Druid soon calmed down and were ready for their feed. They then started the winter routine of stable at night and out in the field by day and then when spring arrived their routine changed and was once again out in the field by night. At the end of that summer, Druid was sold and left with his new owners and Cracker by this time had grown and at 18 months was nearly as big as the Shire Geldings at the centre. They ranged from 17-2 to 18-2 hands. Cricket Keith was the tallest and had a wonderful character. He would be Cracker's minder for that coming winter. On New Year's Day, horses become a year older. This has been the way in the horse world. And that spring, Cracker was two years old and started his schooling. Working horses have to be broken in to whatever work they're designed to do. I guess everyone has their own, their own techniques for this thing. And I like to do, what I like to do was to get a horse used to having a bit in his mouth. Cracker had no objection, and after a few times of having the bit in his mouth, would quite happily eat hay with the bit still in his mouth. The next thing Cracker had had done was a surcingle put on, and done up round his tummy. No problems there either. We progressed onto some driving harness, and soon I was long reining him, and by this time there were a few visitors about. Cracker soon got used to seeing cars and buses and he was already used to tractors and trailers and lorries so he was absolutely traffic proof. The summer came and went and Cracker thought he was now a big boy as he was now turned out with the big boys and now had shoes on and he would be doing road work like all the other geldings. Cracker was now rising three and had been long reined just with harness on. It was time now to learn how to pull something. The first thing they had to pull was a big tractor tyre, which would be made heavier by filling up the inside with stones, as and when needed. Very often, when asked to walk 
on, walk on, the weight behind the horse stops them. Sometimes the horse can run back. Would this happen, the tyre wasn't going to cause much harm. Cracker didn't run back but stayed still. After a while, he walked forward and was soon walking in all directions I asked him to go to. In the years I spent within the heavy horse world, I always found that homebred horses were much easier and quieter to break in. I guess it was because if, noth- if nothing had happened, the trust was there. After getting used to pulling a tyre behind him came the next step. The tyre was replaced by a single set of chain harrows. Now Cracker could begin to do some work. The small paddocks in and around the horse centre were chain harrowed at different times of the year. This helped in paddock maintenance. It gives the horse some work to do and also gave the visitors a chance to watch a horse at work. The following May bank holiday came and the heavy horse show and steam engine rally was again upon us. We had some year, we had for some years been involved with events um, that were held at Cricket St Thomas. And this involvement was a display with some of the horses um, doing a musical drive. And this meant the horses pulling chain harrows to music. In Cracker's third year, I drove him in this first musical drive. Usually a tape of music would be played, but this year we had a local brass band to play for us. The only person who was worried about this was the band conductor who was concerned when he heard that Cracker had never performed in a ring uh, to live music. I don't think I helped very much when I was asked if Cracker didn't like the music, what would he do and would he behave? I just said I didn't know, (laughs) but had every confidence in him. I wickedly had a smile to myself, thinking that the band might have to get up and run with their instruments if Cracker decided to run as well. Cracker did get a little excited, but it didn't let me down. He performed superbly and enjoyed himself. The commentator explained to everyone that Cracker had been born three years ago on the same morning and that the steam rally had taken place. So those who were there and saw Cracker that morning were delighted to see him taking part in the musical drive. Cracker was the star of that weekend, as the same as he had been three years previously. During the next few months we were invited out to fates and small shows to perform musical drive to take music. Cracker grew not only in height but in character and seemed to want to please by doing all that was asked of him. He never refused me anything but would sometimes have a little habit for swishing his tail when he wasn't quite sure of anything new he was asked to do, but could easily be talked round. The idea of selling Cracker had not entered my thoughts as I wanted to keep him at the centre but one day there was a telephone call from Keith Sanders at the North Coat Heavy Horse Centre who were looking for a horse. As I recall Keith was looking for a Suffolk punch as he already had a gelding um, that had been bred at Cricket St Thomas and he was told by one of the staff there were no Suffolks for sale but there might be a Shire. On speaking to Keith we arranged for him to come and see Cracker although I still wasn't sure that I wanted to part with him. Keith arrived and Cracker was put through his paces. Keith liked what he saw and after some soul searching on my part I agreed to let him go. Before Cracker could leave me I had to finish breaking him in. in. 
This was to put him in a cart. Although his break, all through his breaking in, we'd never had a bad experience until the day he went into the shafts of a two-wheel cart. The working collar that I'd been using had been okay for the pulling power Cracker had to use. The cart was quite a heavy one, so when asked to walk on, he needed to pull hard. The chain that holds the hames together at the bottom of the collar broke. Cracker shot off at a pace, putting in a few books as he went, but soon calmed down um, by talking to him. I took him out of the shafts, went back to the stable and changed the collar with new hames and went straight back, put him in the shafts again and asked him to walk on. With a bit of a jump he went forward and realised that everything was alright and he settled down quickly. That was the only mishap we ever had and nothing seemed to faze him. The day came when he was to leave and Keith arrived with the horse box and I said goodbye to one of the best horses I had been lucky enough to breed and know. I've been so pleased over the years that Cracker had gone to Keith and he could not have had a better home than at Northcote and I'm sure that Cracker enjoyed the way of life he had there. There we are, that's the end of that first story by Elizabeth Barathy explaining about the first four years of Cracker's life. Uh, written by Elizabeth, read by Keith Sanders. I hope you've enjoyed listening to that. Remember there's lots more audio stories to listen to on this Buzzsprout site. There's some videos to watch, um, including heavy horse videos on the short story man Keith Sanders on YouTube. Thank you for listening.